Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and encouragement to your life. For a list of messages, to stream live services, and for updates about events and more info, visit lifechurchroa.org. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Can we celebrate Virginia Tech Kyle for this morning just a little bit? We're right in the middle of our mission. Well, we're right at the end of our missions collective. And the missions collective has four pillars, or this year, four cheat codes. All right, so the first cheat code that we talked about was prayer. Prayer is an incredible cheat code we have in our lives. It's something we can do for our missionaries. Secondly is giving. Right. We know that they need support. We're called to support them. That's part of what we get to. We give so they can go. And by virtue of that, we get the opportunity to go. Right. I don't know about you, but I can't be on Virginia Tech's campus all the time. All right. I got to be here. This is where I'm called to. But I can send. I can be there by virtue of what's happening through Chi Alpha. And so we get that exciting opportunity to pray, to give. Last week, the, the third cheat code that you talked about was encouragement. Anybody like to be encouraged? I like to be encouraged. I love it when somebody comes up and says, hey, man, you're losing some weight. You look like you're skinnier than you were last time I saw you. I know they lie, but it's okay. I like it. I enjoy it. Okay, I like encouragement and we need to encourage our missionaries. And so there's multiple ways you can do that just by sending a quick message to them. Right. We've got postcards you can send out. We've even got international stamps so that you don't have to pay for that. We just want you to send some encouragement to our missionaries to pray for them, to give to them. And today is one of the one of the big, big pillars. Okay, all four of these is not only that we pray, we give and we encourage, but that we understand a little bit more about their field, about what they're doing, and about them. So many times they're a prayer card. They're a prayer card that we see and we don't always get to know them. So today, we're going to get the opportunity to interview a couple of our missionaries from right here in our area, a couple of our U.S. missionaries. And so the first of those you already met through the video, Anthony Saladino. So come on up, Anthony, uh, with Virginia Tech Chi Alpha and Radford Chi Alpha. And our section team and pretty much anything and everything uh, that has to do with Chi Alpha. And so Anthony and his family are great. You can have a seat. And secondly, we have from Eastern Appalachian Teen Challenge, Lisa Cox. So Lisa, if you'll join us also, give her a hand. I don't want to steal their thunder, so I'm not going to tell too much about either one of their ministries. But uh, we are excited to have you guys here today and to be a part. Now... Uh, you might be thinking, well, Pastor, uh, an interview, I, what if I have a question? You can ask them afterwards. They're going to be hanging out for just a little bit if you have questions that we don't ask, okay? And so uh, it's so good. I think they're on. I think they're already on. You want to do a quick check real quick? just to Check, check. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Hey, so uh, thank you guys so much for being here. Really on relatively short notice also, by the way, uh, I, um, I called both of you and both of you just jumped on the, the opportunity. And so we're excited to have you today. We pray for you guys often and think, think about you guys all the time. Anthony, I get to see you quite a bit. Uh, and uh, so I get to just from the section team perspective. But I want you guys to take just a second. We'll start with you, Lisa, and maybe give us a three to five minute kind of uh, brief synopsis of or understanding or basic understanding and introduction of you and the ministry that you're here representing today. Well, I'm just thankful to be back at GLAD. I want to wave to all my friends. <laughs> Harley and I know so many people here, and we're so grateful. Whenever we come here, we just feel like we're at home. It's definitely changed over the years. Worship was amazing. Thank you for your worship this morning. Um, so I am with Eastern Appalachian Teen Challenge. If anyone is familiar with Teen Challenge, it's a 60-year-old ministry that works with young adults and adults that have life-controlling issues. Uh, Teen Challenge began with David Wilkerson and the cross and the switchblade. Many of you might be familiar with that. And he, he really wanted to see people discipled for Christ, people that had life-controlling issues. So he worked in the streets of New York City, and the ministry was born. And in 60 years, there are now 2,500 Teen Challenges worldwide in over 40 different nations. Amen. Amen. Yeah, give God glory for that. That's amazing. And, the ministry of Eastern Appalachian Teen Challenge really began with Appalachian Teen Challenge in West Virginia, which is an adult male program that my husband went to over, gosh, it's getting close to 30 years now. 
so I'm dating myself. Um, and God really changed Harley's life. I know many of you know him. He was a terrible alcoholic, and God did a miracle. And he wanted to come back to his hometown of Roanoke and start a teen challenge. So we did that. It took us many years to fundraise before we actually had our own residential center. Uh, so we've been with the ministry for 25-plus years in our residential centers, now about 15. And we have adolescent girls, ages 12 to 17, that stay with us for a 12 to 15-month period and uh, work with them to see that they first and foremost have a relationship with Christ and that they're discipled in biblical principles and life skills that will set them free. That's incredible. Can you guys give the Lord a hand clap and praise for that? All right, so Anthony, give us the same thing. Three to five minute brief kind of understanding of what you do and the ministry that you represent. Sure. Well, um, I'm the director of Chi Alpha at Virginia Tech. My wife and I have now been there 15 plus years. Uh, I've been in Chi Alpha for 23 years uh, as a missionary. We have four, four children, and um, man, they've all been born into the life of a missionary. And so they are on the field with us. Uh, we, we really believe that, that the most strategic mission field in all the world is the university setting, because these are the students that are going to change the world, right? They are, are going to go to places that you and I will never go, but if we can send them with the gospel how they can impact the people that they work with. And so our, our mission field is to reconcile students to Christ, to transform the university, the marketplace, and the world right from our doorstep. So we're super grateful to be partnered with you in that. And so this is kind of what we do and what we've been a part of. That's awesome. So many of the missionaries that you've heard from over the last year, year and a half, the newer missionaries that have come through uh, have come through Chi Alpha and launched out of Chi Alpha. It's incredible to see uh, what's happening there and the movement that God's doing in our network through Chi Alpha and our missions. Um, and so thank you for that. So uh, we're going to get to some, some interview questions. Some You guys have seen these, so you're not going to get all of them. I, won't make you, I, I made a list of a lot of questions, uh, but you're not going to get all of them. But I do want to know what inspired you uh, to become a missionary, Lisa, what inspired you to do that? I think because I, I was saved and I was in the Air Force and I was in Holland. I was stationed there first and my life was lost. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, had a mom and a dad that both had abandoned me and it was difficult. And so by the time I was in my 20s, there was a lot of life controlling issues there. And so when I got saved, I, you know, I, say, I always say God sent me all the way across the world to find me. <laughs> um, and uh, he was a father to me, first and foremost, that I had never had. And I almost immediately knew and sensed the call of God in my life, especially going into the streets of Amsterdam and seeing homeless people and prostitutes and didn't know where that was going to take me, but knew almost immediately that that was something God was calling me to. It's neat to see how that's played out, even in what you do, because you, I mean, in one sense, you know, there's a real parenting part of what happens through your ministry. Yes. And so to, to hear you say that, you know, I, he was my father first, that's really yeah. cool. Anthony, what about you? What inspired you to become a missionary? Yeah, I was a college athlete, very far from, from Jesus, and I was addicted to a bunch of stuff. And even in the midst of that, I remember very vividly walking uh, on my campus thinking it would be amazing to live on a college campus for the rest of my life and not have to take classes. And, <laughs> and, uh, and shortly after that, I met Jesus in, in, in and through Chi Alpha, actually on a different campus, but to keep it short, I just immediately just felt like, man, no one on my campus ever told me about Jesus. It was because I was at the place that I was it was because I, I grew up going to church but never knew Jesus that I wasn't where I wanted to be. And I started crying out to God. But there was no one that was there to, to tell me, to introduce me to Jesus, to show me that I was, I was headed in the wrong direction. And I just thought, what a tragedy. And, and just ever since, since that moment, since I found Jesus on a, on a college campus and uh, I had to go to another campus to encounter a community that was on fire for God. And, and after that, I just knew, like, someone's got to do this. Uh, someone's got to be a part of this. So That's awesome. We have multiple campuses around us. So you got Hollins, Virginia Western, uh, you know, so many, uh, Roanoke College, so many right here. And we've got 
uh, a connection. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but in our church, there's a connection with each one of those three campuses um, that has just kind of come to light recently. And uh, so, you know, part of what you're doing, I mean, I'm picking your brain all the time. You don't always know that, but I'm picking your brain all the time about what we can do uh, here from our church with these campuses that are close by us that don't have something like a Chi Alpha or something along those lines. So you can be praying not only for Chi Alpha, but for these college campuses that are right around us that we've got a connection to in some way. We have a professor at one college. We've got somebody who works at another one. We've got a student at another college. And so a lot of opportunity here. And to hear you say that you were somewhere where there wasn't an opportunity, man, uh, that just shows what, what we have to do. That's fantastic. Well, I've got some fun questions that we're going to get to. Uh, I know you guys have been dreading these since, we, since you read them. Uh, but um, So we'll start uh, with Anthony on this one. Um, what is your favorite Bible verse and why? I'd go with, uh, when, when I saw this, I was like, oh my gosh, there's, there's a, a few. But I think the thing that, when I think about the why, I'd have to go with uh, John and now I'm going to blank on it for a second. I think it's 14, uh, John 14, 15, where it says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And as a young believer, I remember just, remember, I was delivered and set free from addiction. And I remember one night I was in my room spending time with the Lord, and I was just crying out to God, God, I love you. I love you. But I feel like I can't ever express it. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, John 14, 15. And I thought, <laughs> I had one of those moments where I was like, really? That's it? <laughs> like, that's it? But let's be honest, right? Like, walking in obedience may be the most difficult thing. And that has been a life verse for me forever because, let me be honest, and I'm sure you felt it too, is, man, there's so many other things I could be doing, but I would be in disobedience. And because I love him, there is no leaving the post until he says otherwise. And so that's, that's the verse that I'd say. That's why. It's fantastic. Lisa, what's your favorite Bible verse? And why? Uh, definitely Isaiah 43, 1, where God says, listen to me. I know you. Not only that, but I know you by name. And you were mine. Because I never felt like I had belonged to anybody. And I'd had no purpose. And when I became a Christian, all of those things began, began to get resolved. And still to this day, when I hear even the phrase, you are mine, I just feel and sense the Holy Spirit. And our students do that in their first contract because so many of them I know come and they, they have that same sense that they don't belong to anybody. Um, so definitely, I, I cherish that verse. That's awesome. Uh, okay, along the, the, the fun line, uh, Lisa, what is your go-to karaoke song? <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know if you're gonna if you're gonna get up and sing a karaoke song. What is your go-to karaoke? Definitely song? Frozen's "Let It Go." No, oh, I'm just kidding. Come on, <laughs> I'm I right, love girls, it. I'm I love it. Uh, I was gonna ask you to sing it, but no, I, no, I no. Let it go. <laughs> I need to learn to do that though. That's some great life skills. Letting it go. Um, I, I think Brandon Lake, "Just Like Heaven." Oh yeah, yeah, so good. Right? So good. Such a great song. <laughs> Uh, all right, last kind of fun question. Anthony, if, you, if your missionary experience were a movie, what would the title be and who would play you in the film? You got the hard question. <laughs> I, I think if I were a movie, it'd be the title would have to be His Faithfulness. And it would have to be, um, and I had his name earlier today, but just because I was always told I looked like him, the guy who played Karate Kid. <laughs> oh, why am I blanking on his name? Ralph Macchio. That's it. That's it. It would have to be. <laughs> that's fantastic. All right. Uh, I thought maybe you might say Tom Cruise or something along those lines. I just wasn't sure uh, how you go there. But, yeah, his, his faithfulness. That's really, that's fantastic. Hey, uh, all right. So. We'll get back into the understanding questions now again, where we can better understand what you guys do and what you go through. Um, Lisa, can you describe a typical day or week in your life as a missionary? Um, we have 10 to 12 students at any given time at our center, and we're pretty small. Uh, and I guess to put all that in perspective, there's 250 teen challenges in the United States, and only 25 of those are for adolescents. So most of them are for adults, and it's... and 
during a typical week, I wear, I wear a lot of different hats, but um, I do take a lot of phone calls from parents, and there's not enough programs for teenagers. And we're not talking their parents are, are worried because they've broken a few boundaries. They're worried that their daughter or their son is going to live um, because of the things that are going on, the risky behaviors that are happening. So, you know, our day is we're a private school is what we really are, but we're different in that because we're residential and we're working students that are struggling. So, you know, it's very much an academic-looking ministry, um, but we start our day with prayer. We end our day with prayer. There's at least two and a half to three hours of Christian discipleship training every day and then academic studies. Um, I have residential staff that live there, um, and it looks like a school day, but it goes 24-7. <laughs> That's exactly how it rolls. I So... I'm very familiar with Teen Challenge, but did not, never really equated it with the idea of school. It makes perfect sense because right. um, you, you're doing it all, right, uh, 24-7 all the time, though. That's fantastic. Uh, Anthony, same to you. What, what's a day or a week look like in, in ministry? I know you guys have a lot of different things. Yeah. If I were to just focus about with Virginia Tech, I would say a, a typical week looks like every morning we have morning prayer, um, and then... Uh, Monday's staff check-in, and then a Radford staff meeting, and then one-on-ones, and then I go home, and then there's a service that night, so we go real late. Then there's morning prayer on Tuesday. There's one-on-ones. So when I say one-on-one is there's actual discipleship. So I either meet with students. We have a team of 34. Uh, That's staff and interns that need to be met with on top of the students that we lead. And so that's happening on Tuesday. We make sure we get out on campus weekly to do outreach. Wednesday is very similar to, to Tuesday. There's different meetings that we have as well because there's social events and those kinds of things. So if you're on a committee, which I, t- I tend to sit on most of those committees, not necessarily because I'm the most creative or the most thoughtful, but I, I want to make sure that in the meetings we're still staying on track with where we're headed of where we're headed. So I have to sit in a lot of those meetings as well. Thursday is actually the, the Sabbath, but that's also the day that I meet with staff because that's how that's right to get all those staff meetings uh, or staff one-on-ones, mentorship of our staff. And then Friday is a really neat day. Friday has morning prayer. We have our full staff meeting, which is two hours. And then uh, we have a, a two-hour window where I usually fit in a finance meeting or uh, a one-on-one with an intern, and then we do a. We started this year where we do a uh, a three-hour prayer meeting with the staff and students sign up for personal prayer ministry, and man, that's been so fun. And then the Friday night is usually uh, a social events. Saturday, uh, we clean the football stadiums uh, or the football stadium six times during the year, and so that's a, that could be a six-hour process because we're picking up the trash in the stadium as a fundraiser for the ministry. And then on Sunday, uh, we do family dinner. So this is our leadership. Uh, all the students that are leading Bible studies, they come in at 4 o'clock. We feed them a, a huge meal, and then they break off in the tracks of discipleship. And so track one is the, the first-year leaders. Track two is the second-year leaders. Track three is the third-year leaders. And we're just investing in them and preparing them for the next steps, right? And, and then that night, I lead a Bible study for the men's soccer team at Virginia Tech. And I lead a Bible study after that for uh, just your uh, non-athlete students, I guess you say. Uh, and so that's what a typical week looks like in, in uh, our life. Do either of you ever sleep? Is there ever a place that you get some sleep? <laughs> because I'm like, I'm thinking about my week and I'm like, dude, maybe I'm not doing enough. Uh, that's incredible. <laughs> Lots of discipleship happening. Did you guys hear that? Every, from both of them, every word, discipleship, 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 which is incredible because it's the one area that we've identified in the church that's a weakness. Right? We've seen that. And so these are happening within these ministries, which is incredible uh, to see. With that, um, what are some of the, uh, the challenges that you face in, in that missionary work? And how do you overcome those things? What are, you know, maybe one or two challenges, and, and what is it that, that helps you overcome them? And that's to both of you. I, I think probably our, one of our biggest challenges is not only are we running a residential ministry, which is 24-7, so all of the student needs are on us. 
it's really parents are giving us temporary custody while they're there. So if they have a medical need, we're taking care of that. If something happens in the middle of the night, we're taking care of that. It's not just a school day, but it is 24 seven, 10 to 12 teenagers. Um, that is huge. And uh, the, the struggles that come to my mind are one, the liability that's with that ministry, working with, with students that are under the age of 18, that their parents are enrolling them. They're not, being, they're not choosing this for themselves necessarily. So you can, you can imagine all the risk and the fear that might come along with that, um, the accusations that can come with that. And I'm just being real. That's, that's a huge stress, um, something I've had to personally get over as we've done this ministry throughout the years. Um, another huge issue is when students come and they fight just being there. If they're fighting just being present, then we can't ever get to what I know God wants us to get to. If they're willing to be present but they're fighting God, then we still can't get to what we need to get to. And uh, it's a definite type of ministry where we are breaking ground and seeds are being sown. So if a student is just willing to be present, I know what God can do in the 12 to 15 months that they are there. And that may not show fruit till much later. Um, we've been accused of brainwashing, and I have really become okay with that because our brain needs washing. Amen. Somebody better amen that. Renew, renew your mind, right? Yeah, we need our mind renewed, and uh, we need a good washing of the brain because most students that come have really terrible thinking that's been influenced by the media, social media, the you know their peers, just all manner of nonsense. And we don't. And so much healing needs to happen in their mind. So it's a lot of work that goes into that in a 12 to 15 month period. And then the other piece that you might not see is while all of this is going on, this costs a lot of money. So I think one of your questions was, and if you're going to skip it, I have to answer it, because you said, what, what superpower would I have if I could have a superpower? And it would be to turn inanimate objects into money. <laughs> Anybody else want that superpower? Just, yes. Uh, because this ministry costs over $300,000 a year, and we're small, and parents are not paying what it costs to house their daughter per month, probably less than half. So I know that I have people sitting here that give faithfully. I don't want to start saying names because I'll miss somebody. But you're literally helping students get in the program and stay in the program because it's extremely costly with liability and the academic piece. So we fundraise nonstop as well. So you can imagine all of the tremendous challenges that are involved in all of that, taking care of teenagers, um, raising money, um, and all that goes with those two pieces is gigantic. It's huge. Absolutely. Anthony, same to you. What kind of challenges do you guys face, and how do you overcome those things? Yeah, this is a, that's a great question. I, I think that the, there's a, a few that come at me, uh, and I would say just to, to, to say that would probably be every missionary's superpower is to have unlimited resources because the what it takes to uh, provide and to make it possible for students to just even have a place, right? Just even have a space uh, to encounter God and linger after the things of God. Uh, and so I, I think the challenges are, are resources. I think the challenges are that you can reach somebody with the gospel. And because I don't have a YouTube channel or Snapchat or Instagram reel, all of a sudden somebody can say something on one of those platforms and it means more. Even if I've spent two years yeah. investing my life and laying my life down so that this student would encounter the love of God, one person at one moment can say anything on that platform and it changes everything and they're gone. And, and it's one of the most challenging things. I would say it's one of the things that, that is more frustrating than anything uh, and then I would say, too, I've seen so many uh, people try to uh, arrive at, at a theological stance only coming to know Jesus three, four months earlier, and all of a sudden they know way more than you do. And I'm like, I'm still, I'm, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and I'm still trusting the Lord and figuring it out. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I think it's, it's really, it's a real challenge today. And I would say that um, our mission field stays the same age. It's probably the same for you, right? And I keep getting older. <laughs> right? And so, but, but the people I work with, the people I serve, they stay the same age. And I, I would just say that's a challenge, not... Not that God can't do anything about that, but it's, a, it's definitely a, a challenge that we face. 
and the way that we overcome it, honestly, is that we just trust the Lord, right? Like, honestly, I don't know what, what other answer that I could give you other than, like, I know that God has called me to this season, and I have to lean into that, and I have to, like I said earlier, like, I don't get to just, because it's hard or because it's challenging, leave the post, right? Like, I, I have to stay posted until the Lord says otherwise, and so how I overcome is prayer, fasting, and in the Word. That's, that's the only option. Amen. That's a good lesson for all of us, because all of us go through things where it's hard, right? It's, it's hard to, to do all the things that we're supposed to do, that we're called to do. Because, by the way, each one of you are called to a mission field. It's not, it's not the same as what's happening here. I mean, it's not going to be the same mission field sometimes, but we're all called, right? You have a workplace. You have a home. You have Kroger. You have, if you go out here and you look across the, the top where our missions goal is, you'll say your mission field is Walmart, Target. You know, everywhere that you go, your school, it's all of these areas. And these things that they're talking about, these hardships, they're going to exist in that also. And so I don't want you to think, hey, we're just interviewing missionaries to see what they're going through. This is an understanding that we need to have about our mission field. We don't get to leave our post when it gets hard. Yeah. Right? We don't. And, and it's just a reality that, that sometimes... It's easier to, but there are going to be challenges when you're sharing the gospel. There are going to be people who are not receptive, people who don't want to hear, people who don't want. But it's, it's, it's his faithfulness, right? It's through prayer. It's through fasting. It's through the word that we can persevere, that we can, you know, that we can live in that victory that we've already been given. Amen. Could I say one more thing? I, I, just, I think self-preservation is something that's extremely difficult to overcome. I think we live in a world, especially in the West, where I live to preserve myself. And actually, that's not the gospel. It's to pick up the cross and die daily to myself. But, but this is something that we struggle with in discipleship with students is that, oh, I'm going into my senior year, like, I, I'm, I'm good. Like, I've, I've served enough. Really? You just came to know Jesus two years ago, and you served enough? Because I'm, I'm, I need to enjoy my college. It's, it's this reality that I'm not living my life to preserve my life. Or that the goal or the objective of life is to arrive safely at death. Or comfortable at death. But that I'd lay it down for Jesus. I think that's another challenge that we're facing. That's incredible. Absolutely. It's the truth. Yeah, and it's such an important lesson that we all learn. It's so important that we get that. That, you know, this is not about... Um, taking up riches. It's not about taking up what we, it's about laying those things down and taking up the cross, right? And what a challenge for us even today to hear you guys say that on the mission field. And again, not to minimize anything, but a lot of times our missionaries are prayer cards that we see. We've got a map hanging out there with everybody we support, all the missionaries we support and we pray. And, but it is, it, it, to know that we can specifically pray about those challenges, right? That both of you are dealing with, uh, you know, um, and your ministries are dealing in situations where maybe there's resistance to the gospel, resistance to change, and resistance to even that discipleship. There's a lot of discipleship happening 24 hours a day in both of these ministries, but there's a lot of resistance also, and that helps us hone in our prayers, hone in our giving, our understanding, and our encouragement of you guys. And so, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. So... Uh, can you can you share a story or a, 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 something a positive impact or transformation you've witnessed through your missionary efforts? What's like the one thing? If somebody said, "Hey, tell me the most amazing story that you've ever encountered in your ministry," um, what would you what would you share with us? And Lisa, we'll start with you. Gosh, there's I, there's so many, and 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 I want to make it really clear too that as a staff that we realize that we just facilitate the presence of God. That um, the only difference between us and students is we've, we're, we're hungry and thirsty too, and we've just figured out where to go. So we're pointing that to them. And um, I think there's been several. There's had a young lady that had a very serious eating disorder that when she, she was going to turn 18 while she was in the program, and she would tell me consistently, I'm, I'm leaving when I turn 18. I'm, I'm leaving when I say, okay, okay. Uh, 18 came, she stayed. Um, I'm, I, I'm leaving because I'm, I want to, I'm going to stay because I want to finish high school, but then I'm leaving after that, um, finished high school and she stayed, uh, I'm going to do an internship. 
And I'm, I, you know, you laugh months later and you're like, Holy Spirit, you're so faithful and so good. She stayed for a three-year internship and then she stayed and became a residential staff. Still comes back to see us and I'm amazed at what God's done in her life. Probably the most recent one that I can think of is, um, and I get phone calls for this so much more now, the identity crisis that's crises that students are having that they don't even know what gender they are anymore and we're seeing that more and more and had one particular student that came and um, we did not get her in a corner and argue with her about that that's not going to work the Holy Spirit needs to do the job that only he can do and I don't need to get in his way I don't want to get in his way so we began to pray for this young lady Allison and I know that she would be absolutely fine with me saying her name she's from Lynchburg and one day I looked over in prayer because she was pretty argumentative about the whole identity thing and um, without us even trying to argue with her even bring up that subject and I look over and she's on the floor and she's got her head down hands up just praying and I remember I took a picture of that for her mother because that was really early in her program and I began to just witness a change in her that the that the Holy Spirit and God the Father brought and it was a miracle it was a literal miracle watching her change and then at the end of her program she said that I embrace who God has made me to be and because of abuse and different things that have happened that push students in that direction you watch God begin to heal that as they move forward not sit on their mat and stay there but as they move forward God begins to heal them and it's a miracle it's a miracle to see that Amen. Thank God. Come on. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I love what you said. And this is, again, something I'm, I'm trying to just pull little nuggets out of this because there's so much. Sometimes we don't see forward progress, but we've got to look at things with spiritual eyes. It's okay, God, you have to do this, but I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep doing, you know, I want to keep being faithful to you and to, to who, I'm, who I'm reaching out to. And we're going to, and, and help me to see what's happening with spiritual eyes. And what's so great is to see even months later, we're going into probably a good, over a year now that she's been graduated, still doing great. Um, doesn't have a, 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 a huge amount of friends around her, but she's finding those few that are good friends in Christ. She's ministering. She's still in school. That touches my heart when months later this is still happening in their lives. That's fantastic. All right, Anthony, same to you. What's a, a story that just stands out? Yeah, I think the one that's on my heart probably even because of this ministry that's here today is a young lady that came to our, our three-day prayer meeting as her senior year. She was in a sorority, uh, so in the party life. She was into witchcraft, uh, actually owned uh, tarot cards of her own, and um, she was just looking as almost death-walking. And she came to a three-day prayer meeting. Now, I don't know what you know about prayer meetings, but they're typically not the most riveting moment of college ministry. And, and, and she got brought to this three-day prayer meeting. And she came their Thursday night, and I just saw her from a distance. And the room was pretty full. Uh, and that's how she looked. She was extremely pale, not a whole lot of life. And she just sat there, just like stone wall. She got out of there before uh, we were done, before I got over to her, but she came back the next day, and the next day she's sitting in the second row, and I'm watching her, and I noticed as we were in this prayer meeting that I saw one tear fall down from one of her eyes, and, and I ran over, and I, and I started praying for her, and all of a sudden the floodgates opened. I knew nothing about this girl's life, but the Holy Spirit knew everything, and he starts going to the deep places of her heart and she's weeping at the front row and and it kind of ended like that some other girls that knew her came over and so I kind of just let the, the the staff women take it from there and, and some of her friends and she leaves the next morning it's like eight o'clock in the morning and she comes walking through the door I want you to if I don't even know how to explain this other than uh, if I didn't look into her eyes I don't know if I would have known it was her she was so transformed. Literally, she had color to her flesh. Where she was pale the day before, she had, like, real flesh color. I mean, it was amazing. She walks in the door, and I'm like, I called her by name. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you look so different. She's like, I know. And she introduced me to this guy that walked in with her, and he said, that's why he's here. I said, what do you mean, why? He said, she said, he saw such a transformation in my life. That he said, I've got to find out what happened to you. And he Thank gave God. his life to Jesus that day, too. 
That young lady, it was her last semester in college. Wow. And she went and she served at the Philly Dream Center this summer as a missionary uh, because God changed her life. Come on. It's just, it's just been amazing to see what God has done. And I could tell you story after story. And lastly, let me just throw this in there. One of the coolest things that I get to be a part of is watching generations be transformed. A few years ago, Michelle and I did a quick count on marriages in Chi Alpha, where at least couples, which most of them are both from Chi Alpha. And when we did this, there was about 50 couples, and at least one person in that, in that marriage came to know Christ at Virginia Tech, and now they're having babies, and there's well over 70 Chi Alpha babies. Come on, because we're changing generations. That's what's happening, so. That's fantastic. Man, one of our dreams here at Life is, is that multi-generational, you know, I want to see uh, the, the babies that are being born right now grow up and take this place to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. I want to see that. Amen. And so that speaks deeply to who we are. I mean, you know, at any given moment, you can, you can be in this place and there's kids leading worship, kids preaching, kids yes. serving or whatever. And that, that is incredible, man. Mm-hmm. What, can you guys give the Lord praise for that? Amen. That Amen. is awesome. Man, uh, I don't know about you, but I've been encouraged so far today. This is incredible. Uh, l- learn some things. And again, I get to talk to you guys on a r- more regular basis than they do, but what an incredible thing. So I've got a couple more questions, and then we're going to wrap up. Uh, but uh, I would be, I'd be totally off base if I didn't get to ask these two questions, okay? Um, both of you have, have expressed that there's always need, there's always these things that, that come up. Are there projects or initiatives that you're currently involved in with the ministry, that the ministry is currently involved in, that you want to share with us so that we can be praying and or, listen, if God lays on somebody's heart to give, I want, I want you to hear me say this. You don't need my permission to give to any of our missionaries, okay? So don't, don't wait. In fact, many of you give on your own, either through the church or, or on your own, to specific ministries, to specific initiatives, and I'm grateful for that. So uh, if you hear something today and you're like, man, I just really want to support this, I want to encourage you to do that, okay? You don't need my permission to do that. These guys are vetted. They're, they're ready to, if you, anything you give them is going to be good seed planted in good ground, okay? And so if you guys have an initiative or something that's either currently going on or happening really soon that you would like to share with us, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. Tell us a little bit about it and tell us how we can be a part of it It, through one of the four pillars, right? Whether it's prayer, giving, uh, encouragement, understanding, whatever we can do, uh, we want to know what best helps you guys in that initiative. So we'll go ahead and start with Lisa. Well, prayer is always great. Pray for our staff and pray for our students. Pray for students that are coming, students that are there, students that have gone um, graduates, you can definitely pray about all those things. Um, the other thing would be monthly donors. We always need monthly donors um, as families um, can't typically afford what it costs to house a student per month. So as many monthly donors as we can have. And I, you know, I would tell you that for 10 years, Harley and I fundraised before we could even get to the point of having a center. And the money that's given to the center, we're a no-debt ministry. So it doesn't go to mortgage. It's not going to any debt. It's going to help students. That is exactly what it's going to, is just for their day-to-day needs um, and their tuition costs and, you know, their residential costs. So anybody who wants to become a monthly donor can absolutely do that. Our website is Teen Challenge for you, number four, the letter number U dot com. Letter, number four, letter U, right? Uh-huh. Okay. And the other thing that you can do is do, a lot of people will do food drives for us or household drives where they get together as a ministry either a senior group or Sunday school or women's group, whatever, and we'll do a, a drive for us to get together items that we need. And it's just the same items that you need, but probably quadruple. Um, we won't turn any of it down. We always always need it. Um, and the other thing right now we have going on is a Christmas musical drive-through light show. Uh, something we just wanted to do for the community. It's every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evening from 6 to 9 p.m. The students will be there. You're more than welcome to drive through and enjoy the light show and, and shake the hand of a student, see where our house is, um, and come for a tour if you want sometime. You know, give me a call. We'd love to have you know, people come and visit and see where our students are. I would be lying if I didn't, <laughs> if I didn't say I, I included this question for that. 
and you know all the other stuff too but I knew that was happening and I was hoping you would say that (laughs) uh, in this question because that's gonna incredible opportunity for you to see some of what's happening there to be a you know to to be blessed right but also you know to understand that this is really changing lives like and and that you're not just out here doing your thing but you're part of the community Right. Right. You're that community there is being blessed by you guys as as much as they are blessing, as much as they're doing. They're being blessed by you guys. And I think that's incredible because uh, we we forget that that's a two way street. It is right. When we're blessed, we, we are blessed to be a blessing. Yes. And so uh, it was, I was I was really hoping you would yeah. put in the, well, the music like fudge cookies. Come on out. <laughs> we'll give you some fudge. Sit and watch the light show. <laughs> I'm sold. I like peanut butter fudge. So. Uh, all right, Anthony, same question to you. Uh, One of the things we want to do, because in the process of discipleship, just like you spend a whole month on missions, right, we believe that if we can get college students overseas and to begin to see the need around us, whether that's to uh, Muslim countries or, or, uh, yeah, just very secular places, whatever it is, we just want our students to get there. So we run these three-week-long missions trips over the summer because I also believe missions should be sacrificial, right? There should be something that you're giving up. So I would say one of the projects is we want to mobilize these students to overseas missions. And this summer, we're, we're going to uh, Europe because it's so secularized and quickly becoming Muslim. We want to make sure we, we get the gospel in there, right? So we're going to uh, France and Italy. We're going to the nation of India. Uh, where uh, again they're they're working with sex trafficking and so and then we're we're going to we've been going for years to Zanzibar 99 percent Muslim island off the coast of Tanzania and and then we'll be going up to Djibouti where we actually have alumni who are missionaries on the so these are places we want to get the people there well it's it's about four thousand dollars per student to go and so that is one need that, that we have, is we want to mobilize these students to get their feet on the ground. Because when your feet hit the ground, it doesn't matter if you're called long-term. It doesn't matter. But let me tell you something. You'll be somebody that prays once you've been there and witnessed what they're walking through. You'll be somebody that gives because you understand the need firsthand, right? And you will, whatever they do from there, they'll have a heart for the mission of God. Because it changes your life when you hit the ground. And, and so that's one. The second major project we have, the challenge within Virginia Tech Chi Alpha right now is we never have a space large enough for our meetings. We just cannot find. Our prayer meetings, we're cramped into this basement, and there's something cool about that. But uh, there's our, our leaders' meetings, right? We don't have a space big enough for our leaders' meetings. When we want to do a social event, Right? We, it, it takes months and months. we got to start months and months ahead, find a place just so we can gather uh, uh, and have fun together and fellowship together. And so we're, right now we are raising money to buy a ministry center, and there's a place right now that, that if the Lord would move, we can get in there. It would change everything. Right now, our Monday night meetings are on campus, which is great. We have, we have spaces on campus, but we're limited on campus. Here's why. Because those places have to be closed down. And I'm telling you right now, for the last two years, as people are responding to the gospel, uh, they're face down on, at the altar. I have to walk down the aisle almost every Monday night and say, hey, we got to get out of here. You need to get up and go. We can't connect anymore with the Lord. Go. You got to go. Not, not that, that that's kind of in jest, but... They could go back to the Chi Alpha house, but how many people know that when they get up from that moment and they walk out the door, that moment is over. And so, man, I long for the day that, man, I believe what happened at Asbury would happen at Virginia Tech if buildings didn't close, you know? And so I just, I, I think that's a huge one building that we're looking at that, I, you know, I don't know if there's investors in here, but literally the building that we're looking at is going for $4 million, but... They just approve for you to build apartments on top, right? And so there were investors that were like, hey, I want to I do something big, but also, you know, you, you, you can have 44 apartments that you own on top uh, to, to in, 
bring in income for yourself. But anyway, those are, those are two of the biggest ones. Getting students to the mission field. Again, it's 4,000 uh, a person to go for three weeks to these places. And then, uh, and then a ministry center. And, and so those are the things that we're, we're praying for. That's fantastic. Thank you guys for sharing that with us. Part of, part of understanding is knowing the need. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't even pray with, with specifics if we don't know the need. And so praying, giving, listen, if God lays on your heart to give, give, connect with these guys. There's opportunity, okay? The last question, and then we're going to close out just praying over you guys and your ministries, is, is simply this. Today's all about better understanding uh, our missionaries, their mission fields, and what it is they do. And knowing that, what's one thing that maybe you haven't shared yet with us that you want us to know, that, that, that you think is key to us better understanding our missionaries and what they do. Anthony, we'll start with you on this one. I don't know if this will be helpful, but I think we're human. Uh, I think sometimes, and I think we're getting out of that in this, the, the stage that we're in, in the sense of, of our nation, but we're human. And yeah, we're, we're just like you. There's no difference between me and you. You know, we breathe real air. We cry real tears. You know, uh, our, our life is, is challenging, yes, but it's, I believe your life is challenging too. And, and I think that, uh, man, when we get the power of prayer and we start giving ourselves to the place of prayer, I think we're going to start to see things change like, we, like we've only dreamed and imagined. Like he says, he can do abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. And I don't know about you, but I can imagine that building for $4 million, easy. That's, that's nothing. I can imagine Lane Stadium filled with students because a revival is happening. I can imagine that. Uh, and, and so if I can imagine that and he can do abundantly more than that, come on, we haven't begun to even see. But I believe this with all of my heart. That if we would give ourselves to prayer and fasting, like, we would begin to see. I mean, if David, when he took over, right, decided, I'm going to set up prayer and worship, and I'm going to pay these men and to, to worship the Lord 24-7, like, man, the tabernacle of David, what would happen if the church would begin to embrace that? And so I share that, that we're human, because we covet the prayers of the saints, uh, to come our way, because I, I know that I know there's been days where unless people were praying for me, I don't know if we would have got through. There's been accusations and attacks. Like, I, I'm on a secular campus. Do you think the enemy wants me there? Absolutely not. And so there's moments that things come after us, and I know that it's the prayer of the saints that, that, that held the enemy at bay to keep us being able to just be chartered on these campuses. And so... Man, I believe, right, that God is good, but I believe he hears our prayers. Let's not give up. And actually, let's just turn in this hour that we see things going crazy in the world. Let's just turn that up. Let's not pull back, but let's turn up in the place of prayer. And I believe we're going to start to see another great awakening in our nation. And so I, I don't know if that's helpful, but that's, that's what I was thinking. Absolutely. Thank you. What, what I would say is I'm just sure that all of you know somebody in your life that has, or in your family or your workplace that has life-controlling issue. It doesn't matter, you know, if they're male, female, adult, adolescent. Um, Teen Challenge has programs for, for all of that. And some of them are not residential. So if you know someone like that, reach out to them. There's, there's hope out there for them. And they can contact us, even as an adolescent girl center, and we can get them connected to the right people. And... You know, just know, too, that life-controlling issues aren't just about drugs and alcohol. What, I, what, I've, what I've seen in the years that we've done this is that it starts somewhere, and it's usually not with drugs and alcohol. There are root issues that are there that we all struggle with and that we all have issues with. And as those things are left unattended, we begin to self-medicate. And that looks a lot of different ways to a lot of different people, but it can become a huge drug and alcohol issue. But you know somebody, either you do or 
your spouse does or your daughter or your son does. It may even be someone in your family. And just let them know that Teen Challenge is there because there are literally programs all over. And there are other places that they can go and get day-to-day discipleship training of how they can be set free by the power of God from those things. So reach out to those people around you because you have access to them and we don't. So put them in the right direction. Give them some hope. Uh, Teen Challenge USA is what's online that you can reach out to if you're looking for a particular center or a particular ministry. But feel free to call us as well because we can put you in the, in the right direction. That's fantastic. Thank you guys so much uh, for sharing with us today and helping us better understand. Can you guys give these guys a hand? Um, We so appreciate all that you do, and we're thankful that we get the opportunity to partner with you guys. We just want to say a prayer over you all, and then uh, we'll we'll kind of uh, head off into the lobby before everybody else in that way, um, if they want to ask questions or meet and greet or whatever, and then uh, Paul will close out service. So if you would, stretch your hands towards these guys, and let's just pray. Right there where you're at, begin to pray for them. I believe uh, our prayers make a huge difference. Amen? So right there where you're at, begin to pray. Father, we thank you for Anthony and Lisa right now. We thank you for the opportunity that they represent for us and and more importantly for the kingdom of God. That Jesus, they are reaching so many in so many creative ways, Lord. Father, we know that you are blessing through their ministries. You are doing incredible things. And Father, we want to uh, thank you for that also, Father, that, that today we can recognize that you are changing lives. Because of these two, because of the ministries that they're in, because of their teams, and because of the people who are there with them. And so, Father, right now, we pray blessings over them, Lord. We pray for not not only support financially, but, Lord, support in every way, Lord God, physically, spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, financially, relationally. Father, we pray that over them right now, Lord. And we ask, Father, that those things that they can imagine for their ministries, Lord God, the things that even were shared today, Father, would be realities. That the next time, that Father, the, that, that in the next year or the next few months, Lord God, we are hearing how God is already beginning to move in these things, how you're already beginning to move in these things, and how you're already doing, Lord Jesus, that, that we can not only have a better understanding, Father, but know that, the, that your word, Father, that you're faithful to your word abundantly more than we could ever imagine. Jesus, bless them and their families. We pray for a special blessing over their families, Lord. We didn't get to that question, but Father, I know each of them, had their families play a special role in their ministries. And so, Father, we pray for blessings over them, Lord, and for every person who's going to be impacted by these ministries. Lord, we love you and we praise you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Can we give these guys one more round of applause? Thank you guys so much. Come on. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. Don't forget to visit us at LifeChurchROA on Instagram and Facebook for updates, service times, and ways to get involved. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, we would love to partner with you on your next steps. Visit LifeChurchROA.org slash Jesus to learn more. We love you and we can't wait to see you soon.